This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs on Sports Radio 810 WHB. What I've done is help athletes be the best they can be. We work on giving you that winning edge, that mental edge that will help you realize your potential. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for over 30 years as a sports psychologist. This is the first time I've ever listened to it. I'm on my way to church and I said, I got to pull over and talk. Right now is your chance to call Dr. Jacobs for free help with any sports-related problem. It's a wonderful form, and it must be a radio for me every time I'm in the Kansas City. This show is about you. It's about having fun, working hard, building self-confidence, having the right attitude, being a good teammate, being a good parent, and being a good cook. Now, here's the sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everybody. I'm sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. And this is Sports Radio 810 WHB. I'm here every Sunday from 7 to 8. And today I'm privileged to have Charlie Carlin joining me. He doesn't get to sit out at Arrowhead at the 810 WHB van handing out free things. He gets to sit in the warm studio producing my show. So, Mr. Carlin, it's good seeing you again. You haven't done my show in how long? About a year? It's been a while. No wonder it's been going so well. Okay. (laughs) All right. I know. So, but thank you for coming in so early and being here and joining me. And as you know, I'm here Sundays. And you know, Charlie, you produced my show for what, about a couple of years? It was something like that, a good year and a half maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did a great job. So, miss me? Do you miss coming in here I this do. early? Well, I don't miss necessarily miss this early, but I, de- I, def- I, miss, I miss seeing you and miss uh, doing the show. So, yeah, yeah. Yes, well, I'm all cleaned up here every Sunday morning with my baseball cap on. Okay, I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Been in practice for 37 years here in Kansas City as a sports psychologist. Been on the radio for the last 26 years, the last 16 here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. And this show is about mindsets. It's about attitudes. It's about sportsmanship. It's about confidence. And the way this show works is we take your calls and get into discussions. You know, every week I try to find something that I think will be of value to talk about on this show And needless to say, there's always something going on around here that we can talk about. And being that today out at Arrowhead, it's one of the biggest rivalries there's been in the NFL, although it's not quite the same as it used to be. The the anger and the, I hate to despise using the word hatred, but the word hatred is not as strong as it used to be between the Chiefs and the Raiders, but it's still there. And obviously the Chiefs have not played well. They have not won in a while. They were 5-0, and now they're 6-6. Six and six. Everybody knows that. So today's one of those quote-unquote must-win games. Today is a day where they need to win. Because if they don't, then they'll be 6-7. and seven. They'll be basically two games behind the Raiders, having lost to them twice. And if the Chargers win today, they'll be behind them. So the Chiefs need to win today. It's just that, that plain, flat, and simple. So I want to find out from you. If you're on your way to Arrowhead right now to start tailgating, I'd like to hear if you can get some calls. I'd like to hear from you and get your thoughts about pressure. We're going to talk about pressure today. And not just with the Chiefs, but with everybody. You know, does pressure turn you on or does it turn you off? When you're in a scenario, in a situation where you need to succeed, whatever it might be, how do you handle that pressure? You know, I've talked on this this show many, many times about this topic, and it's one that, that You have to come through. You have to perform under pressure if you're going to succeed. As a sports psychologist, I've worked with athletes in every sport just about, I think, over the 37 years I've been doing this. There are always new sports that seem to be popping up. But 
One of the things that I have found pretty consistently over the years is that the people who succeed don't freak out under pressure. Pressure becomes a motivator. It becomes something that gets them excited, that gets them stimulated, gets them focused. And the teams and the individuals that don't do as well, when the pressure's on, they fall apart. And I think a lot of this goes back to the whole focus that I use on, on success. The four key words, preparation, focus, attitude, and confidence. If you're prepared, one of the key things you do is you prepare for winning, losing, coming from behind, being way ahead. You prepare for all the scenarios that could happen in your event. If you're not prepared, then should you fall way behind or get way ahead, you may lose your focus, which is the second word. Focus is about the ability to concentrate. And the ability to concentrate is so very, very important in the sense that if you're not concentrating, you can't focus, you can't focus, you get distracted, you get distracted, things fall apart. That takes us to your attitude. Attitude is how you feel about who you are. I like to ask this question to new clients in my office all the time. There are three kinds of attitudes, positive, negative, and realistic. You know, they'll say good, bad, positive, negative. Hard for people to come up with the realistic one. But realistic, to me, is this. A realistic attitude is where you're prepared for what may happen, good or bad. A realistic attitude is you don't freak out when things go poorly and you don't get overly excited when things go well. You try to keep that even keel going. You know, a lot of people criticize coaches who aren't real hyper. But then a lot of people criticize coaches who are too hyper. And how that plays off on the team, how that plays off in everybody around. So attitude is the third, preparation, focus, and attitude. And then that takes us to the foundation of everything, which is confidence, self-confidence. What is confidence? Confidence is that belief in your, yourself and your abilities and your talents. If you have enough confidence in yourself, it isn't going to matter what the situation, it isn't going to matter whether you're ahead or behind, it isn't going to matter what's going on. You know you can come through. So those words, preparation, focus, attitude, confidence, are keys, in my opinion, to success. So for the Chiefs to win today, I think they've got to have those words working for them. But I want to open up our phone lines. Let's get some calls in here. You know, as this show has progressed over the years, I always get loaded up with calls towards the end of the show. And since I'm in a holiday giving mood, Charlie's giving me a funny look, I'm going to give away one of my books, Just Let Them Play, Guiding Parents, Coaches, and Athletes Through Youth Sports that I co-author with Jeff Montgomery and Pete Malone. So our third caller this morning will get a free book. If you coach kids, if you have kids, it's a great book to have. We've been getting great feedback from people on it. It covers the whole world of youth sports, so we talk about all the different issues. So our third caller this morning, hopefully Charlie will get three calls, right? Okay, our third caller, I'm going to give you a free copy of my book. Our number here is 913 3810810. So I'd like to hear from you. How do you perform under pressure? And how do you feel pressure affects athletes? Do you think it's something that a lot of athletes use as a motivator or a distractor or a barrier? 913-3810-810. 
913-388-1010 is the number. If you coach, if you coach youth sports, high school sports, collegiate, professionally, amateurs, want to hear from you. How do you coach athletes to deal with pressure? Do you talk about pressure? Do you discuss how to handle stress? You know, our bodies deal with stress all the time. Stress gets us up in the morning. It's with us every day. It's part of who we are. How we handle that, though, is very, very important in the long term. And pressure is one of these things that you see some people not do well at. Not to bring up old, old, old memories, but let's go back to Len Elliott when he kicked with the Chiefs, that playoff game where he missed all three field goals. After the game, he was interviewed by Al Wallace at Channel 4, and he missed, if you remember, which many people do, missing that kick at the end that would have won the game. He missed all three kicks. It was a long kick. It was zero degrees, about 43 yards. I think the ball went way left, not even near the, the end zone. And Al asked him, what were you thinking before that last kick? And his statement was, I was trying not to be negative. Well, when you're trying not to be negative, you're doing nothing else but being negative because that's where your mind is at. So that's where being prepared, I think, comes in. All right, let's get some calls in here. I want to hear from you. If you're a coach, how do you handle pressure? How do you teach your kids to cope with pressure? Our number here is 913-3810-810. As I said, I'm going to give away one of my books to our third caller this morning. Just Let Them Play, Guiding Parents, Coaches, and Athletes Through Youth Sports. And I think today's game with the Chiefs and Raiders will show how each team handles pressure. You know, you have to have self-control. You have to have the ability mentally to have self-control. And if if you don't, then the pressure gets to you. You know, last week, obviously, Marcus Peters did not handle the pressure very well. That's why he's not playing this week. I mean, he was suspended because of his behavior. You've got to handle yourself on the field. You've got 80,000 people watching, 70,000, 80,000 people watching, screaming, yelling. Your focus can't be on that. It's got to be on you. You know, pressure is one of these things that if you don't prepare for it, you're not ready to handle it. 913-3810810 is our number. So we're going to go first to Greg. Greg, good morning, sir. How are you? Greg, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Yeah, how are you this morning, sir? I'm good. How are you? Good. Let me get your thoughts on what I'm talking about. Um, You know, I I coach my kids. I just tell them to go out and play and try not to think about the outcome of what could happen or what what should happen just just try to play the game and whatever happens happens if you play to your best of your ability you can't worry about outside influences or who's going to be mad or things like that cuz that's what was taught to me just play the game don't worry about stuff that you can't control just go out there and it's still a game so just go have fun and and try to block all that stuff out which is tough to do it took me a long time to figure that out Probably till I got to college, that when you know little league, it was hard to, you know, the, the emphasis on, you know, we got to win, we got to win, you don't want to lose. But then after a while, it was like just play and, and deal with whatever happens. Happens. Well, let me ask this this question: What do you, what sport do you coach, and what age are they? Foot, foot, high school football. Okay, so high school kids, and 
how was your team? How did your team do this year? Uh, we did okay. We lost in the uh, state playoffs first round. Well, congratulations to getting that far. Did they handle that well, or did they not handle it well? Uh, I think I think it was a mix. I think some of them handled it well, and some of them didn't because they, you know, mentally they're high school kids, so some of them aren't where they need to be mentally. So some of them are mature because they were seniors, and some of the freshmen and sophomores and, and juniors, you know, were all over the place. So it was hard to get everybody on the same page on on a collective group to to handle the pre- handle the pressure of, of you know to keep winning. Let me ask you this question: As a coach, do you do you are you the head coach or assistant? Or what's your, where, I'm assistant coach. Okay. Do you guys sit down as a team sometimes and just talk and have a, instead of going to practice and going through drills? Do you guys sit down and talk about this? Like talk about the game. Like or? have have a have a basically a group therapy session where you guys sit and talk about the emotional part of the game, about the feelings, about the pressure, about how you guys handle it. What are you thinking when these situations come up? Have you, ever, have you ever done that before? No, we haven't. I would suggest, obviously the season's over now, next year you talk with your uh, co-coaches about doing that. You know, I it's it's great to sit there and coach fundamentals, which obviously you have to do, but I always like to say, Greg, that you can have two athletes who are physically the same, but the one with the stronger mind will be the one who will come out on top. Do you agree with that? I agree with that. So I think that's where talking and giving them a chance to talk about their feelings about pressure and about focus and about, like I said, preparation, focus, attitude, confidence. Talk about those four words with them. Not just a lecture, but a, a, a session where you let the guys talk about it. How do you get prepared? Okay, Bill, how do you get prepared to play? Oh, I don't know. I just show up. Well, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying here? I mean, yeah. get into a discussion with them. You know, and, uh, you know, Siobhan, what do you do to get ready to play? Oh, well, I go through a visualization exercise. Okay. You know, and Matt, what do you do? Well, you know, I, I, I've got to, I've got to have all my clothes the same way the night before. I can't, I can't, you know what I'm saying? So get into the discussion with, it'll help you understand their mindset better and how they handle those situations. Okay. And see, we see how that works. I realize the season's away, you know, obviously just ended, but think about that. Talk to your coaches about it. Cause I have found, you know, the drills and the fundamentals obviously have to do, but the mindset part, most coaches don't deal with that very well, and I think it, it can it can give you an advantage if you do. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I have to try that because I always wondered that about when I coach the freshmen, you know, I'll see them in the locker room and, you know, they're laughing and joking and jumping around, and I'm like, I don't need, you know, I, they just didn't seem like they were mentally ready, but maybe I said maybe that's how they get ready. But Maybe it is. Everybody's maybe different. It is, maybe it isn't, but sometimes – they did the same thing every week, and sometimes we went out and won, and sometimes we went out and got blown out. So I don't know. Yeah, everybody does it differently. But, yes, I would like to wonder where some of the kids, where they're, how they get prepared. Well, then that's, a, that's a, a great reason to talk about it with them then. So, yeah. so I'd suggest that, Greg. Listen, sir, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Good luck to you. Thank you. I wish I could have got your book, but I guess I'll have to buy it this time. <laughs> Well, call back. Maybe you'll get it. Third and car. We get third car. All right. Thanks, Greg. Eight, eight ten should put you on for more than an hour. I, we should have a petition for that. Your show is way too short. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, you can write, uh, send Chad Boger an email and let him know. I mean, that's the only way that'll change is Chad's a great guy. He, he listens to all that stuff, so let him know. I appreciate okay. that. Okay, no sir. Problem. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye.
Let's go next to Nick, who's waiting patiently. Nick, how are you this morning, sir? Good. How are you? Good. Thanks for holding on. Good. I, um, you know, just listening to your show uh, week after week, which I, I agree with the previous caller, it's too short of a, of a program. Um, but well, like, like I said, let, 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 let Chad know. Um, I've been here for 16 years, and um, I was on Saturdays originally, and then I've been here, gosh, I don't know how many, 10, 12 years I've been on it. I think it seems like I've been here 30 years. But, uh, yeah. you know, I'd love to be on I'd love to be on at night, to be honest with you, um, and do like a two-hour show then because I think we'd be loaded with calls and discussions. But anyway, I, listen, Definitely. I'm grateful I'm on the air. I'm grateful I'm here. They give me the opportunity to do this show. But, well, but thank uh, you for doing it. Um, thank you. So I'm, um, you know, I'm a, a new father, and I'll hopefully be coaching my, my kids. And one thing, um, just in listening to your program, is it seems like the first two um, attributes, I guess, uh, in preparation and focus seem to play off each other. And that the, the second two, um, it's attitude and, and, and uh, confidence, correct? Mm-hmm. And it just seems like they, they play off each other and they can lead into, um, um, you know, the first two can then lead to the, the attitude and confidence. Um, my, I just had a, a question. It's, it's mostly about how do uh, elite-level talent, you know, I've heard that they, they tend to take that, you know, nervous energy and turn it into, you know, excitement. And so they're not, they're not really nervous about it, but they're more excited and they can channel that energy into you know continued focus or continued um you know performance so in you know i played sports all throughout my life um never really got to much high level athletics but i like to participate still in in weekend tournaments and things like that but what what sport um i like to play soccer and uh, every once in a while just football well let me let me uh partially answer your question here about elite level performers i've been privileged enough to have worked with some great athletes over my 37 years as a sports psychologist in the 80s i was the team sports psychologist for the u.s cycling team and went to three world championships with them was the team psychologist in the 84 olympics where we won nine medals and we had not won any in 72 years and um i got to see how these guys handled it i've I'm thinking of one specific guy we had. His name's Steve Haig. And Steve won a gold medal in the individual pursuit and a silver medal in the team pursuit. And I still am very good friends with him, keep up with him. We talk quite frequently. And Steve's talked about this. In fact, I've had him on the show before. He talked about when, and he was 19 years old, riding in L.A. He grew up in Dana Point, just uh, south of Los Angeles. The pressure was on him to deal with this. And it was something we talked about extensively. And we got into a situation where in the individual pursuit, he had to ride, I think, six rides. And it's a 12-lap race. You start in the qualifying, you ride for a time, and then you ride against somebody and you, you know, whittle it down to the finals. And his whole focus was on himself. Was he nervous? Yes, he was nervous. But he used that energy, that nervous energy, to help him focus. So there's... The preparation was about dealing with this. You know, we had to talk about being in L.A. and the fact that the Olympics in 84 was, it hadn't been there in, in the United States in years. The pressure was on to perform, and we used that as a motivator to help us focus better. So Steve talked about, in fact, when I've had him on the show before, and I'll have him on again, how even though he was extremely nervous, 
he used that help to help him focus. So I think that's where the preparation and focus go together, like you were saying. Okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. And what I found is the years I was the Royals team psychologist with some of the great players we had, um, and I've, I've known a lot of these guys quite well, they would challenge themselves under pressure to concentrate more. And, in fact, a, a great pitcher I worked with for many, many years who was a relief pitcher, as a closer, would come in and say, say to me, you know, one game he was pitching at Yankee Stadium and he struck out the side in the ninth inning. The, his team, the Red Sox, were up 2-1. to one. Uh, Relief Pedro Martinez came in and struck out the side with the guy on first. And he told me, he said, you know, I just heard this buzzing sound in the background, but I didn't know what it was, but it was the crowd. I was just so focused on the catcher's glove. Wow. So it's the ability, and, and, and when you get to that level, Nick, you have to understand, when you become a professional athlete, and, and I've worked with many Chiefs players, sporting players, Royals players, when you get to this level, you obviously have the physical skills to perform, but mentally you have learned how to handle this for the most part. Everybody doesn't. You've got to learn self-control, obviously. I think Travis Kelsey's done a great job this year of handling his emotions much better than he has in the past. So I want to give him a lot of credit. But, you know, obviously Marcus Peters has got to learn a better job of that. He's a very intense guy on the field. But he's got to learn how to control that better. And he's still a young guy. I mean, it's, it's a learning process. People think because he's playing in the NFL, he's, he's, he's better than everybody else. Well, maybe physically he is, but mentally you've got to learn that too. So I think these are the things you have to work on, and it will give you an advantage in the end. Great. Well, I appreciate that. that answers my question. Okay. Well, listen, congratulations on being a new father. Enjoy the process. I have two sons. They're 28 and 26, and uh, it's, it's, it's the best thing you'll ever do. So thank, thank you. you, sir. Good luck, it. and uh, thanks for your call, and have a great holiday. All right, you too. Bye-bye. All right, that frees up our lines here at 913-3810-810. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As I mentioned at the top of the show, our topic today is pressure. Is it a turn-on or is it a turn-off? And I said our third caller would get a free copy of my book. What, Charlie? Okay, all right, so we've already given that away. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Because I'm a nice guy, I'm going to give away, like I said, we'll give away another book. So the next caller who calls in will get a copy of my book, Just Let Him Play, Guiding Parents, Coaches, and Athletes for Youth Sports, co-written with Jeff Montgomery and Pete Malone. Our topic is pressure. Do you use it as a motivator, or does it stymie you and paralyze you? 913-3810-810 is the number. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. We're in the leader in sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Good morning, everybody. What better song to use than pressure? Because that's our topic today. How do you handle pressure? Is it a turn-on or turn-off for you? The Chiefs have a must-win game today. So do the Raiders, for that matter. Arrowhead should be a lot of fun today. The weather's going to be nice. It's December 10th. It's going to be 60, 55 to 60 degrees out there. Great day for football. One of the oldest rivalries in the league. And one of the most intense ones over the years. Teams are tied 6-6. Six and six. Somebody's got to come out on top. Who will it be? How will the athletes, the coaches, handle pressure? Our number is 913-3810-810. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here on Sports Radio 810 WHB every Sunday from 7 to 8 a.m. Had some great calls so far. 
And we're talking about this whole topic of pressure. So I want to hear from you. As a coach, how do you coach pressure? Because it's there. You know, our first caller, Greg, is a high school football coach. He talked about how, as a football coach, they don't really talk about this stuff. They they, they delve into different things. But I think the, the whole issue I suggested to him, and I think it's, it sounded like it made some sense to him, is you need to sit down with your team and talk about how they feel about things. You know, a lot of people say, oh, that's a sign of weakness. It's not a sign of weakness to talk about emotion. It's a sign of strength to recognize it. Most people don't want to deal with their feelings because they think it's weak. I think it's a sign of strength. Now, I'm a psychologist. That's what I do for a living. But you know what? If you don't talk about things, how are you going to solve them? Right, our number is 913-3810-810. I want to hear from you. If you're a coach, how do you teach your team to deal with pressure? What do you do or what do you not do? Do you have a team session where it's basically a group therapy session and need to talk about stuff? Or do you think that's a bunch of bunk and don't do it? 913-3810-810 is our number. I want to hear from you if you're a coach. How do you teach your team, coach your team to deal with the big game? Do you approach it that way or is it just another game? 913-3810-810 is the number. Let's go back to the phones and let's talk to our good friend M.W. How are you this morning, sir? Well, I'm fine, Dr. Jacoby, and yourself. Good. You get you get the book. Well, I know, and I thank you very much. appreciate that. And, uh, uh, you know, one thing I wanted to talk about just because it came to me that, uh, you know, what Marty Schottenheimer was never very good in playoff games, but he owned the Raiders. I'd really like for Andy Reid to somehow channel a little of Marty Schottenheimer into it because he was 8-0 against the Raiders, and that's almost unbelievable. But uh, Well, I think Andy Reid's doing pretty good. You know, they just lost this year for the first time in, what, six the last six games, I believe? I think he's 5-1. and one. Yeah, it is true that Andy Reid has done pretty well. 6-1, and but, one actually, M.W., so he's not doing too bad either. Yeah, but, but Schottenheimer, he just – he owned the Raiders, but he couldn't win a playoff game. But uh, I was. Uh, well, why? Okay, so so let's talk about that. Why do you think he couldn't? Why could he? Why could his teams not win playoff games? Was it because the pressure got to him? It 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 could have very well been something to do with the pressure because after he'd lost a couple, I think that you know you feel like, oh my gosh, I I'm not good in playoff games or something. Oh, it's it's hard to say. You know, it's a. There were a couple of real bad breaks in the in the Raiders. I mean, heck, I, I like the Raiders unless they're playing the Chiefs, but uh, but because uh, they have been a pretty good postseason team. But uh, well, I'll tell you a good story, M.W. I'll tell you a good story. You know, I've been on the air now for 26 years, and I've spoken with you for a good portion of that. You've you've called up a lot, and. I don't remember what year it was. I think it was '93, '94. I interviewed George Blanda, and uh, if you're a Chiefs fan, you know who George Blanda was. He's now oh, pa- yeah. he's now passed away. Um, my mom set it up out in La Quinta, California, where she uh, lived in the winter with with my stepfather. They they got to know him quite well. They played golf together. Wow. So it's a funny story. I had George, so I had it set up for George Blanda to come on my show. Hadn't met him, 
I was all prepared. I'd gone through the, the Raiders media guide, printed out his bio, and he came in, and he was, you know, uh, we were in a uh, boardroom with about 15 people listening. We did it live on the phone there, we, we, you know, being telecast back here. And he wasn't very happy. He says, first thing he comes in, he says, listen, you, you've screwed up my golf game by doing this. Huh. That's the first thing he said to me. I said, well, nice to meet you, sir. And then he shakes my hand. I said, all right, I just want to make sure I've got the facts straight here. So I start reading going through you know, his background, and, and the Raiders media guide did not have, he played for four teams, the Raiders, obviously, the Bears, the Oilers, and the Browns. It did not have in there that he played for the Browns. So he sort of flipped out on me, said, you didn't do your homework. I said, sir, here's the, here's the media guide. Then he got all angry, and I said, we're on the air in two minutes. So we started talking, and we started getting into the mental part. And after the first session, he goes, the first segment, he goes, you know what? I, I'm having fun. Let's do this some more. So he ended up coming and staying on for the whole hour. And by the time we were done, every time I came out to, to see my mom in the winter, he wanted to see me and talk to me and play golf. Really nice guy. Well, that gives me a new, a brand new appreciation of George Blanda as well because I, 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 could, I, I guess I never really gave him a lot of thought. I just knew that he was. One of them. You know? Well, right. You looked at, but you know what? He's he's a person just like you and I are. I mean, you know, the guys who play for the Raiders, they get, you know, they've got a couple players on their team who played for the Chiefs a few years ago. Again, Sean Smith and Rodney Hudson. They they, Albert Lewis played for the Raiders. Bobby Bell played for the Raiders. So you got to realize, they're people. So here's the thing, the situation today, MW is this is a must-win game, right? Yep. Okay. So, who's going to handle the pressure better? Well, I'm hoping that the Kansas City Chiefs uh, are, are a playoff team this year. I thought from the very beginning that they were, and they start off so swell. But uh, right now, like you said, what your show's based on today is the pressure, and it's going to be a big pressure day. And I, I have to come down to a field goal kicker, though. I believe that our new field goal kicker has been pretty doggone good. I hope I don't put a jinx on him or nothing. What do you mean pretty, pretty doggone? MW hasn't missed a kick since the first kick he missed. I know. He's made, what's he made, 24, 25 in a row? Yeah, it's like he's he's in record-setting territory right now, so you'd like to hope that it all continues. Charlie, and, wants, Charlie jump in. He missed one a couple weeks ago, So, okay. but he's missed only two this season. Okay, he's only missed two, but that's pretty darn good. Okay, pretty darn good. So well, thanks, here, Charlie, because I'd forgotten about the one he missed. Well, you don't want to remember those, MW. All right, so here's the deal. We're going to let you go here in a second. We've got some more people online. How do you handle – what's the best way to handle pressure, MW? What do you think you have to do in, the, in this game today for the team who does the best? What do they have to do? Well, you just got to do the very best that you can and try not to make a mistake. And uh, don't dwell on the mistake because if, like you've had on shows before, you think about mistakes, that's when you start making them. So just do the best you can. Focus on what's in front of you, MW, not behind. Exactly. Okay. My friend, thanks for calling in as always, and I will uh, mail you that book this week. Thank you, Dr. James. Appreciate it. You take care. All right. Bye-bye. Have a hol- have a great holiday. Okay, let's go next to Mike. Mike, thanks for holding on. How are you this morning? Good. How are you today? Great. Thanks for calling in. You bet. What's your, uh, what would you like to comment on? Well, I, I mean, I think you have a great topic. I've been fortunate enough to, uh, I'm a golf teaching professional out of Omaha, driving through Kansas City and heard your show. And we deal with this all the time when I'm dealing with students. I work with high school, college professional golfers. And 
we spend an awful you talk about the high school coach not really talking about it. We spend the majority of our time understanding there's a difference between learning and performing and putting yourself in position to perform. And when my students really start playing their best golf, it's almost to the point where they're willing to live with the outcome based on staying in their process and putting themselves into performing. And pretty soon they're freeing themselves up mentally just to play the game as opposed to thinking about the outcome and what could happen, what might not happen, things like that. Well, I have, I have a saying, Mike, it's called foe versus four. Focus on execution versus focus on results. And right. I, I think when you're, when you're playing golf especially, you've got to I always say focus on TNS, the next shot. The next shot, the next shot. That's the only thing you should be concentrating on is the shot you're going to hit. Yeah, you want to set set yourself up for maybe the shot after that. But the bottom line is you need to focus and concentrate on the shot you're hitting. Your score is irrelevant. It doesn't mean anything, okay, when you're when you're about to hit that, that ball. The thing, the only thing that should matter is hitting that ball at that moment. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. It's, it's interesting you talk about the score. I spend a lot of time with high school golfers' parents asking them not to talk about the score. The score is going to take care of itself. It's something you do when you're done, you add up the numbers. But if you start thinking about the score, you're, you're too far in the future. You start thinking about the shot you just missed hit, you're in the past. you got to have every shot you have to be in the present. So the score definitely is a detriment to performance. Yeah, but, you know, we're a society that, that, that focuses on materialism. We focus on, you know, numbers and, and results. But unfortunately, the process to get us there is the thing you really need to concentrate on. I, my definition of winning is, did you go out and do your best today? It doesn't, it, it's not that you came in first place or third place or fifth place or last place. Did you do your best? And everybody who plays in a golf tournament could be a winner. Only one person wins the tournament. But every, if right. everybody shoots their best score, if everybody shoots the best score they've ever shot, are they all winners, Mike? Absolutely. If you put yourself in position to perform and you perform at your highest level, you, you can't play defense in golf. You know, I mean, you just have to let that be. The result is what you've done on each shot, and that's really what matters. I had a PGA teaching pro here in town I worked with for a long time, and he played competitively quite a bit. And he was in a tournament one weekend where he shot 63-63-64. And he did not win. But he told me, he said, I have never felt better in my life. That's, I mean, to put together three rounds like that was right. just unbelievable. And he said, because I just focused on what you told me. And the bottom line was he, want, he wanted to win that tournament badly because it was a qualifying tournament to move on in, in sure. the uh, series he was in. But he said, Doc, he goes, I, I cannot feel any better about what I did because I played awesome. And I think that's what it comes down to. I agree, and that gives you when, you, when you play that way and, and you can realize that you have performed to the highest level you can perform and you can walk away and smile about it, that's, that's room for growth, and you're going to actually become more consistent being at that level because you've learned to accept it's just the outcome, stick with the process. So let me ask this question before I let you go, Mike. Is yep. pressure a turn-on or a turn-off? I, I think pressure is a lot self-induced, and if you misunderstand you're in the process, you you don't really necessarily feel pressure. You're just highly aware of what you're doing. So I, I think it's a turn on. I think it's okay. I agree. I think the the, the best athletes use, utilize it that way, take it that way, yeah. and it helps them get better. Listen, sir, for thank sure. you so much for calling. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, check out my website, winnersunlimited.com. I've got my books on there and a lot of other things on there that may be awesome. of some interest for you. I'll be sure to do that. Okay. Happy Thanks. holidays. Safe driving. Appreciate your call. 
right. Take care. All right. That frees up our lines here at 913-3810-810. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Great calls this morning. I want to thank everybody for coming in, calling in. We've got plenty of time left for some more calls. I want to hear from you. How do you handle pressure? The Chiefs have a big game today. Must win game, quote unquote. Against the Raiders, their arch rival. How will they handle the pressure? How do you handle pressure? 913-3810-810 is the number. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. We're in the leader in sports, Sports Radio 810 WHP. There you go. That's Billy Joel. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and we're talking about pressure this morning. Our number is 913-3810-810. Chiefs play the Raiders today. They're both 6-6. Six six. Somebody's got to win. Somebody's going to lose, unless there's that proverbial kissing your sister tie in this game. And I want to hear from you. We've been talking about the topic of pressure. Is it a turn-on or a turn-off? Our number is 913-3810-810. 913-3810-810. We've had some great calls this morning. And I would like to hear from you if you're a coach. How do you get your team to perform well under pressure? Is it something you can do or something you don't do well at? Does pressure eat you up? Or does it turn you, like I said, does it turn you on or turn you off? In the 37 years I've been doing this profession, and I've been very fortunate to work with some tremendous athletes. I've been the Royal Psychologist for a number of years. I was KU's first sports psychologist back in the 80s. Work with the Olympic team. I work with athletes from all the pro teams in town privately. I work with all kinds of people around the country. And I talk about this stuff all the time. How do you deal with pressure? Our number is 913-3810-810. I want to hear from you if you're a coach. I want to hear from you if you're an athlete. Years ago, <clears throat> the man I learned how to play tennis under, his name was John Bragan. He used to talk about situations on, in the match. And what are you thinking about? He'd say, Andy, what are you thinking about here? What are you, what, what's going through your mind? He talked about the next point. He talked about the next shot. We didn't, and John taught me at a young age. And it took me a while to figure it out. You've got to just concentrate on what's in front of you. It's so easy in sports to get caught up with thinking about results and thinking about what's going to happen or what might not happen or how you could screw up or how you might not screw up. You've got to focus on what's in front of you. One of our earlier callers asked me about the elite athletes I've worked with, and I've had the privilege to work with gold medalists, world champions. They focus on themselves. I have a picture in my office of a group of cyclists in the Tour de France. And <clears throat> an athlete named, uh, a cyclist named Norm sent me the picture. And it's an interesting picture because I'll, I'll ask people, which one's Norm? He, his quote that he uh, wrote on there that's faded over the years says, Andy, I can see success. Thanks for the push. Every cyclist in there looks tensed out, stressed out, and he looks relaxed. He got second in that, in that race, in that stage. Because he was calm, he was focused on himself. He wasn't worrying about the pressure. All right, 913 is the number. Let's see what Bob has to say. Bob, good morning, sir. How are you? Yes, uh, good morning. Um, I've experienced pressure at probably the highest level in sport that you could see, and that was in, I started caddying in 1962 at a local country club in Columbus, Ohio. In fact, I was 10 years old the first time I caddied for Jack Nicholas's father. Anyway, through high school, playing golf, my own pressure, I was okay at it. Not, not great, but I did make it to the PGA Tour. <clears throat> and pretty darn good caddy. Not, not a great golfer, pretty decent, I, I guess. But um, the, 
thing that made at that time the greatest players in the world were, um, of course, Jack Nicholas, and there was nobody, nobody that I've ever seen, when you stand right beside him, more focused, who could, my guy, he could hit a one iron off the tee pretty far for the time, at that time, and he never signed autographs, nobody ever approached him, um, even caddies would not. You just kind of stood by and watched him walk by. Then, five steps later, it'd be Lee Trevino. Sign everybody's autograph. Can we have your picture? Sure. He could be, you never knew if he was up or down. It could be two holes to go. I saw that at Rio Pinar Country Club, 1977, Florida Citrus Open. I was caddying for Kermit Zarley, and he was in our group. And a little kid, it was like 17, 16 or 17, late, 70th hole. And can we have your picture? He said, absolutely. Turned around. That's something Jack Nicholas would never have done, but they were two completely different people. So pressure is, it's just your makeup, I guess, you from the time you're a little kid. I know Tiger Woods has that. Um, obviously, I'm older now, and I wasn't caddying when Tiger was there, but he had that ability to hone in, and now everybody's afraid. Tom Weisskopf, there's one. Boy, he was a great player. He hit it as far as anyone. Um, short game, uh, average, pretty pretty good. But, man, when he was behind Nicholas, it was all over. Anyone got behind Nicholas, you know that Jack would not, on rare occasions, if you beat him, you beat him. He didn't beat himself. Well, I think, I think, you know, Bob, but what, what's your, this is a great, great uh, call. Great call. I very much appreciate you calling in. It's great comments here. And what, what you're saying is this. It's, it's personalities. I mean, everybody's personality is different. And so Jack Nicholas was very self-focused. He had to be to play well. He didn't get caught up with the distractions around him and everything like that. Whereas Lee Trevino, his personality was just one of happy-go-lucky. And so that's the type of stuff didn't bother him. And, that, and that's where it's important as a coach. See, I think you're bringing up a tremendous point for any coaches who are listening. Every athlete is different. In our, in our book, Just Let Him Play, I have a saying. A good coach is a good psychologist. A bad coach is a sports psychologist. Good coaches understand the psychological makeup of their athletes. And consequently, they don't treat them all the same. They understand that some guys are going to need more attention. Some guys need to be more alone. Some guys need to have more feedback. Some guys need to have a pat on the back. Some guys need to be, you know, not told anything. And I think that's basically what you're sharing with us. Yes. At, today, the, um, the environment's so much different. When I look at professional golf, I still watch it, but it, it's just not, they don't have the fun, of corporate sponsors, the pressures from financial institutions um, that just the, so much of the joy has gone out of professional golf. It doesn't mean they don't play well. It was a different time. You could walk up to President Gerald Ford, shake his hand, and he'd say, how are you? And everything, it's, we live in a different world, but you're so correct in that uh, everyone is different. We handle pressure differently, and uh, when, when you fail one time, it's most likely makes you stronger. Sometimes it does not. Um, 
Jean Vandervelt in the British Open uh, hit something on the 18th hole, felt sorry for the guy, and was never the same. He could have won the British Open, but did not. So, you know, it's just the way it goes. Yeah, uh, well, I Bob, think- listen, sir, thank you so much for your call. we got to let you go. Okay, Great comment. Please call back well. again. I appreciate it. You've got a lot of experience here I'd like to hear from you, so thanks for calling All right, in. thank you. Have a good day, Doctor. All right. Great show today. Great calls. Great comments from everybody. I want to thank everyone for calling in. You know, this is the thing. Pressure is about how you feel, how you deal with situations. For some of you, it turns you on. Some of you, it turns you off. We'll know at about 3.30 today how the pressure dealt with the Chiefs and the Raiders. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. You can get a hold of me, my office, 816-561-5556. Follow me on Twitter at drjsportspsych. Send me an email at drj at winnersalumina.com. Have a great week, Kansas City. Great show. Our shows are podcasted here at the station and also on my website. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. We're the leader in sports, Sports Radio 10 WHB.